Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast uh, in a slightly different scenario. So yesterday, Tuesday the 23rd, we uploaded episode 37 where we spoke for 70 minutes, myself and Adam who I'm joined with, thankfully after he's just done like an eight hour shift on the back of two hours. So Adam, thank you for joining me. That's all right, mate. I'm absolutely tickety-boo. I mean, I, I couldn't get to sleep last night thinking about the game like the the sad bastard that I am. So, like you say, I stayed up till one o'clock, up at three to start work at four, and I've worked a full day with Prora Rangers living absolutely rent-free in my skull. So, I'm absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, for new listeners, I'm Daniel as well. And basically, uh, we actually got... A decent amount of listeners. We had almost 200 listeners in under two hours. So first of all, massive thank you to everybody who listened to that episode and the support you've shown us. But that episode was taken down. Uh, we don't know what we're titled in this episode. We don't know to call it 37, 38. We're probably going to go with 37 and a half because it's kind of an adage. Um, the reason that was taken down is because me and Adam had quite a, a nuanced and interesting discussion uh, for 70-ish minutes where we were speaking about the our growth result and Adam's point was it's completely unacceptable whereas I was coming at an angle that it was kind of the bigger picture and going yes, completely unacceptable but this, this and this then Adam was having the stuff we were having a completely very interesting conversation a back and then we covered forth, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. That's the best way of putting it. And um, we then spoke about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, however, it's irrelevant now, as you will not have missed this, even if you're not a Hearts fan. Um, because last night on the 23rd, a mere two and a half hours after our podcast was uploaded, Heart of Midlothian suffered the worst defeat in my lifetime, in Adam's lifetime, in our parents' lifetime, and probably in the history of this football club as Highland League Brora Rangers knocked supposed third biggest club in the country, Heart of Midlothian, out of the Scottish Cup in the second round. Now, this is not going to be like the usual podcasts, we don't think. Uh, we don't know how long it is going to be. It might be half an hour, it might be an hour and a half. We really don't know. We normally have kind of general points that we want to hit. Nothing scripted, obviously. Everything that we say at the time is completely off the cuff. But we generally know where the podcast is going to go. We have a rough avenue to go down and then we finish it off nicely. Or at least we try to. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't always work out like that. But this is different. This is very raw. Uh, we're currently recording this at 25 past 12 on Wednesday the 24th. And it's going up at 5 o'clock on Wednesday the 24th so it's very, still very raw and emotional we wanted to take it we wanted to do this because we didn't want to wait until next week after the Queen of the South game to record a bunch of stuff and before we get into this I will say right now as I'm saying we're recording this at 25 past 12 there has been no updates on the managerial position we will get into that there's but a surprise currently there is no news for us to discuss about the club. So we do apologise if at like half two something comes out and then this podcast again is kind of null and void. But we can only, this is the we, best we can we, do. We'll keep it up regardless. Yes, of course. Because this one is going to be, it, it's still going to make sense. 
regardless of what goes on. This is one of your better ideas, can I just say, bringing this... Yeah, that, that was the thing. Emergency episode, if you like, together. I think it's... I think it's. I th- you've done the right thing, mate. Well done. I'd, I got in contact with Adam immediately after the game going, we need to do this. It, it, it has to happen. Despite me being on a live stream, I couldn't get instantly back to you so i want to say yeah because chances are that the folk that i was on the live stream with um i've obviously left them the details for this episode so a massive thank you to gogsy for having me on and you could check out the pass the mic live episode on his channel where i touch or cover <sighs> broader rangers versus heart midlothian and to be fair i tried to keep my professionalism and somewhat neutrality um alive but I guess there's no place other to start than say thank you, Gogsy, for having me on the pod, and particularly for covering my expenses for the match. And <laughs> are you jammy bastard? I, and, I had to pay for that. And congratulations to to Broader Rangers for a deserved victory. It, they didn't specifically sit in or part the bus. If you want to get technical, I thought that they looked to kind of hurt us on the counter whenever they could. So that sort of play style to me was was pretty refreshing, and I wish them luck against Stranraer in the next round. That's the, that is the biggest thing. We don't want to get away from that. This was not uh, 90 minutes where we dominated from start to finish and they got a lucky own goal in the 89th minute and nicked it. Bora Rangers outplayed and outclassed every single Hearts player on that park. Fully, fully deserved that victory. And as Adam said, from at least the Perth to Paisley podcast... We wish them all the best against Rimrar and if they manage to beat them as well. Um, the celebrations from within the dressing room was obviously objectively, if we remove our bias, it's fantastic to see. It is such a historic result for a club of that size. So please do not take anything we're about to say as us shying away from the result or anything like that. Brora fully, fully deserved that result. The- but... Sorry, mate. The only thing I will say is mm-hmm. them tweeting listening sunshine on Leith is a tad embarrassing, obviously. But they're listen for a club of that size, they're obviously going to strike into you know yeah. Hibs fans basking in the result, if you like. Of course, so, of course, it's one of those things, isn't it? But what makes it worse is what I've just said and what you've just said is that it was a deserved victory, it wasn't one of those cup shocks where the big team gets knocked out and everybody's sat scratching their head going, how has that just happened? What is so sobering about this is that anyone can explain how that happened. Honestly, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I think the best way that I could put it is we talked after the Scottish Cup final in December saying how this is a likeable squad and that we're perhaps on the verge of something. What a couple of absolute numpties that we look now. As far as I'm concerned, the vast majority of that squad can fuck off because... this is, But this is what the annoying thing is because that then leads to yet another mass overhaul just as we see mm-hmm. every fucking season. And that's exactly what I don't want because look at where it gets us. I just... I, as much as this is the right thing to do, I'm somewhat disappointed by the pod being deleted, given I specifically said that I was shitting myself for Broader Rangers. Yeah. You now wonder why. You know, I, I, I also said that this is the worst Heart and Midlothian team I've ever seen since I was born in June 98. 
somebody present me with a worse case because it just I mean I was asked also on the stream is this the worst like result that you can recall I mean Barker-Cara was bad the Livy 5-0 was the one that I said last night off the top of my head and I've seen some absolute dross in my time but this current mob and that result has to take the crown in, in that respect it it just speaks volumes about our season it's a complete and utter shambles and We've been talking about a siege mentality from the start of the season. The only time that we've shown a real desire to properly smash somebody was Dundee on the opening day at Tiny. You know, it's the season's done. There's no doubt about that in my mind. We'll wrap up the league in a couple fixtures. But what sort of consolation is that? You know, we just appear to be delighted to be promoted to the Premiership. That very sentence makes my blood boil, but it's a culmination of the total shite that we've been served. Not just this season, in fairness. But for a very long time, and I'm, I'm just, I'm beginning to have enough of it now. Well, this is the thing. So, obviously, it's kind of become the joke of this podcast that you're the angry one and I'm the one who looks at the bigger picture. Uh, would you say that's a fair assessment? Absolutely. And now it's it's justified. So, this is the thing. In, I'm looking at the bigger picture here, but I'm doing it in an in a way that supports your point here. So, still, we're still sticking with the de facto roles that we have taken here. <laughs> However, we're now both just singing for the same hymn sheet. I'm just doing it in a slightly more philosophical <laughs> way, way. Just yeah. as well. <laughs> no, it's not upbeat. I'm just not going to get... I, can't, I don't have the emotion in me with this Hearts team to get that angry. I, I, have, the, I have apathy, which is worse <laughs> Which is so much, so much worse. It's better to be anger, eh, angry because it means that you care. The worst thing that can happen with football supporters is apathy, and that's where, uh, as as you said, we don't really know what we're going to say in this because there's so much you can say while simultaneously there's nothing you can say. Wait, listen. I think everybody knows. I mean, we started the podcast. I can talk forever, right? You can put me in front of any subject and I can talk about it, even if I know fuck all about it, which many will say is hearts. I know fuck all about that. Um, however, it was one of those situations last night where you just go, what can you say about this? What is there to say? Um, I I think it was Hearts Rant. I apologise if it wasn't, but I believe it was Hearts Rant who said, I know it's potentially going to be viewed as arrogance, as petulance, as getting above our station to call for a manager's head who is 16 points clear in the league but it's the situation we're in I have been as as I said in the podcast that is now no longer up I said never once in my mind have I even slightly come close to the argument or discussion of Nielsen out however that has completely changed purely because no heart of Midlothian manager can go unpunished for that result this result cannot go Just it cannot just be swept under the rug and go ah oh, listen aye that was a bad result but look at the season as a whole if this goes unpunished in any way I don't mean it necessarily has to be Nielsen leaving I mean like players should be giving up their wages for that performance something like that a form of punishment 
If that doesn't happen, then it is saying from the top of the club that this is an acceptable result, which is worse than the result itself. If the result itself happens and then mass change does end up occurring slash not mass change but high punishments, as I say, uh, um, wages being fined from players or just something like that, then you you don't go okay, but you go at least that's a response, at least that's an appropriate response. But if nothing happens, it screams mediocrity and it is a life, once in a lifetime result. That's what we're in just now. It is one of those situations where you go, right, we are now a football club pre-Brora, post-Brora. And what we do post this result is so crucial and it's why... I have never seen a fan base unite on the back of a result. No, and and you're spot on with what you say because this sort of accepting mediocrity phrase is banded about Hearts Twitter all the time. Um, Nielsen doesn't help himself though. You know, as if losing to Aloe and the Betfred for their first ever win against us wasn't bad enough this season. Their first ever win in what? 146, 147 years. Yeah. I, I said on the pod that Robbie had mentioned after the Arbroath game that it'll be a similar type of game. I mean, he, he got that half right in that it was a similar type of something. I'd, I'd say it was a similar type of performance and that it was absolute shite. I mean, imagine your manager coming out and saying after the club has reached two consecutive Scottish Cup finals that he wants to go a step better before being knocked out by a non-league team. That uh, The first non-league knockout since 1900. I, I mean, m- maybe he ought to concentrate on getting us over the first fucking hurdle. It's against a bunch of Highland farmers rather than spouting off about winning this competition. Honestly, I've had enough of him. I'm sick of what he says. A fact last night when I was streaming, I was looking at Google. Hearts had five shots with two on target, as I kept on saying last uh, last pod that's now not up. Brora mustered that in 45 minutes against us, the same as we did in 90 against our broth. I mean, do me a favour. It's... It is one of those things where it's like, so for example, people, as you, you yourself did, uh, you mentioned Berke Cara, or I don't actually know how you pronounce them. But I, I think this is far worse because at the very least, what you can say about that is that it was in Europe and you kind of go, all right, okay, listen, that's absolutely dire. Because we're not probably expected in, to go far anyway or whatever. This yeah, is. exactly. Yeah. It's kind of just like, all right, okay, listen, if you're into Europe, you've at least done something domestically. Whether it doesn't matter what that is, it might be that your your league just gets qualification. But it's like you can just go right, okay, that was awful. But even as I said, even after that result, I was st- I didn't want Nielsen to go, and I was gutted when he left the first time and stuff like that. This has just completely. It is one of those things where it's because like, people will probably say to me and other people who before last night were Nielsen in going. Well, listen, how has this just changed your mind suddenly? And it's like, because that is the magnitude of this result. Of course it is. And and he was on, I don't want to say a final warning with me, but gradually as the weeks and months have gone by and I've listened and listened and listened to what he's come out and said, I just, I get more and more frustrated. You know, this this result, if we're breaking it down, 
to me, it's the biggest so-called, you know, cup shock that I can recall. How can a Highland League team knock out the side with the fourth biggest budget in the country? They've trained five times since Christmas. And basically, with our championship opponent's help, and having not played since the 2-1 win over Camelon back in January, have repeated that scoreline and knocked us out. How embarrassing is that? Because, yeah, there's the ad. It isn't just a Highland League side played hearts. It's a Highland League side who's trained, like, three times, haven't played a competitive fixture in 71 days, and are ravaged by lack of match reports, the COVID situation and stuff like that. So on a normal day, season, whatever you want to say, it's bad it would enough. be the worst result. Yeah. Yeah. But when you take in... And that's where it comes from, where people have suddenly... Like, for example... My mate's a Hearts fan, and he was he was even more Nielsen in than me, right? He was like, complete. He was like, I'm not even having it. He said, I woke up to a message this morning going, he just has to go. And it, it, it is one of those results where you just do go. It's like you can't come back from that unless he wins, unless he gets promoted, and we win the prem. That is the only thing that would fix it. But even then, some folk would go, well, now you're on base zero. You've cancelled it. The brewer result. I mean, there's there's absolutely no justification for it, and I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I say, I've, if you actually look at the game, I I don't even think that we started that badly before I know. going behind. But my my biggest bugbear that I've got is why why when sometimes in games and we go behind. Do we just seem to fall like a deck of cards every single fucking time? Like, the, the Celtic game is literally the only one that I can think of, certainly in recent memory, where we've gone behind and actually had that sort of willingness to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. We hauled undeservedly level last night because we can talk about possession, shots... I shouldn't say this as somebody that works for a, st- a statistics website, but sometimes stats mean absolute jack. We, we didn't look threatening at all, no. personally. And that's... How can that be the case? There was, um, a, there was a quote that often gets thrown about with Nielsen, that he is Levine 2.0, right? And often... I kind of laugh at that going, I know what they mean, but it's quite a general statement and it doesn't really help the the conversation. However, last night, there was a 25-minute period where all we did was pass the ball around the back line, which landed at the feet of Christoph Berra, who then just punted it long to no one. And it, it was the first time where it was like, this is just Trademark Levine. Levine. Yeah, 100%. It... You know, it, it seems like Robbie's trying to inherit some sort of tiki-taka possession-based style. When the fuck has a side in Scotland ever played that style? Ever? Bar maybe the old firm on occasion. Because this is the thing, right? See when you have that style. For example, Man City. And it's the 80th minute and they've still no scored, right? You go as Pep Guardiola with some of the best players in the world. You go... Well, listen, just keep doing what we're doing and it's yeah, going to come. Yeah, it's a case where you feel like it's it, something's going to happen. I don't get that same feeling when I watch no, us. No, not at all. No, 100%. And the difference is Pep Guardiola's fucked out hundreds of millions assembling that squad. You can't mm. expect players of this 
you know, th- there's a reason that they're at Hearts. You can't, you can't expect players of this quality to be able to just automatically buy into the style and be able to replicate it, just like that. Mm-hmm. I just, it, why, why are we so? I, I just think we're going down such a modern football route, in that it's possession. I mean, I said it on the pod. It's possession for possession's sake. Nobody takes matters into their own hands. There's no pace, there's no invention, there's no guile, there's absolutely hee-haw there. And it's been proven time and time again this season, and ultimately this is the most embarrassing time that has come to fruition. I think I think it is very much accepted, because I do want to get into the actual squad itself, because obviously the first 20 minutes has been justifiably all focused on Nielsen, but is, is this, in your opinion... And so, say for example, we play. We've got six games. Is it left? Yeah, in the I think so. I think that's right. Say now, I'm telling you this now before anybody takes me out of context. This is not going to happen. I am not saying this as a legitimate thing. I'm saying this as a theoretical to Adam. If we went on and played these six games and won ten nil every single game, is this one of those things where it would just be almost seen as a kind of like. That's not that that's even worse because obviously if you fucking play six games, score sixty goals, and concede zero, that's amazing. But the general point is, does it even matter what we do in these last six games? No, no, it, do, it of course it doesn't. You know, I've in said terms it, of his future, sorry. In no, terms of the future. season's done, mate. It's done. And t- to be mm. honest, if we're if we're looking at it on the whole, the league should have been a formality given everything. Our facilities, resources, in comparison to all the other clubs. You know, that should be the bare minimum. We've essentially done even less than the bare minimum, given our showings in the cup competitions. Because, as far as I'm concerned, the cup competitions are a decent chance to pit ourselves against premiership teams. You know, gauge a feel of how we're going to perform next season. We can't even get past part-time shite. Allo Athletic and Brora Rangers... You know, one of them's bad enough in a cup competition in a season, but both. That is the other aspect of it, where Nielsen has now presided over two results that, in one season, that individually could have cost them a job, but have now come in the same season. But nothing will happen. You know, we said it at the start, and that if something pops up, I can't see that. No, it's it's definitely, I'm telling you now, Robbie Nielsen will be our manager on the first day of the Premiership season. I, I think he will as well. But what what does that say about the club? You know, we kid on, or we believe that we're a big club. Big clubs these days act ruthlessly. We don't do that. We haven't done that for years. Probably since the Mad Vlad era, and even then it was a bonkers ruthlessness. Right, George Burley. Like, does that genuinely? That is the probably the last genuine example of it. There, um, now, now, because as I said, literally, it has completely one. Robbie has to go now. He has to. But if if we want to take our objective, our objectivity away and look at it, sorry, if we want to bring in objectivity and take away our bias, what? do you think from a business standpoint is the right thing to do? And I'll give you the two options I think will be the viewpoint. So the two options are, uh-huh. 
you get rid of Robbie now and have to give him a f- probably a fair whack of money because he's only what a f- like six months into a three-year deal which is some laugh considering the compensation fee that we paid United for as well yeah exactly so there's there's your foundation of hearts money right there folks what a laugh so you probably have to pay well not probably you would have to pay Robbie a fair amount and then you either need to pay compensation to another club to get another manager in and or you pay wages of a new manager now that's the offset there now probably the positives to that is that fans would be happier so are more likely to get season tickets next season actually buy tickets to games pay for live streams <laughs> I've delayed continue. mine what an absolute mug but, this, but that's what I mean that that's probably the positives of that whereas on the flip side the positive of keeping Nielsen is that you don't need to pay him out of that contract you have that you don't fr- and again this is I am not talking about this from a football point of view I'm talking this purely analytically from a business perspective you don't need to pay Robbie out of his contract you don't need to then suddenly get a new manager in pay all those wages and then potentially have another overhaul again let's just say theoretically and hypothetically that Robbie isn't going to do a massive overhaul he's just going to do again I don't think that is the case but just theoretically um, however the negatives of that is as I said, people potentially cancel season tickets, cancel direct debits to Foundation of Hearts, don't buy strips, don't buy tickets, don't buy live streams, don't pay for dinners in the Tincastle Lounge and stuff like that. So, I know that you and me are not the most business-minded people and we are not the ones making the decision here. In but the same way if, that some aren't football-minded people. Yeah, but if you had those two options in front of you, what would you do? I, I, don't, I, I will say this I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here no and ultimately we're not you know this decision isn't our making it means we, nothing we, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Like, this is this is sheer conversation here yeah if I were looking at it I I, I tweeted Nielsen out last night and instantly thought of three unattached managers to go for that will obviously require no compensation fee mm-hmm. so from that perspective, I'd go and approach any of that trio. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've probably got a, a, a list of preference. Um, but, I mean, what a waste of money. You know, why why did we have to include a relegation clause for Stendhal and then have to shell out for Robbie? I just... Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back at it now, it's so stupid, yet... It seems like the right move at the time, but I don't think... I think we seem to make a decision and then think about it later rather than actually consider what we're doing and have, you know, a vision. I'd, I'd, my, my trio of managers in preference order would be, in third, Stephen Robinson, previously linked with a gig after Levine got pumped, eh, punted. <laughs> he might, might have got as well. Um... So, yeah, Robinson, you know, as a third choice, wouldn't be one of the top two. Second, I'd have Derek McInnes. And top of the tree would be Alex Neal. Because, again, working with Joe Savage, brilliant job at Ackies, Norwich. Did all right at Preston up until recently. It just seems to make sense. But, listen, we can, we can chat about this all we want. It's pie in the sky. 
None of Nothing's those three. None of no. Of course, of course they're not. None of those three are coming anywhere near us. And ultimately, we're just going to have to see out the season, which is already done. So you, it makes you wonder what's the point for future episodes. What's the point in tuning in every Saturday because a couple wins away, albeit I said the league should have been wrapped up by now. Perhaps the understatement of the year. So, what really else do you want me to say, mate? That's I. I, I don't know what more I can say. Oh, I've got I've got questions for you. There, there you worry. I know um, we're I know we're going to talk about the squad, and I'm very intrigued about that. But I, yeah. I, what's your thoughts regarding that? You know, that decision that you've you've come up with. It's hard. Listen, it's hard because football clubs are unlike any business in the world. Because a good business decision doesn't necessarily correlate with a good football decision. And then vice versa as well. So, from a business standpoint, you probably don't want to get rid of the manager of a company, if you view the squad's a company and Robbie is that manager. You probably don't want to give, get rid of the manager of that company on the back of a bad quarter, right? Say that if you use it in business terms, you do that. However, football clubs are like fucking mood rings. So, if the quarter is bad, it can lead to mass losses because the consumers, aka the fans, just won't have it. There's difference when like Asda gets rid of the branded bread that you like. You're kind of like, oh, for God's sake. But you're not suddenly then going to go, I'm now stopping shopping at Asda. Like, that doesn't happen. However, if a manager has a result like this, I know people who have said they will not go back until Budge and Nielsen are gone. So can, therefore... Can I just say, it's brilliant that you say that because the amount of tweets that I saw regarding exact that exact sentence and counselling... It, cancelling FOH payments and all that jazz was unbelievable. I will say, I will it's like nothing this. I've ever seen. Literally every single tweet that I saw on the Perth to Paisley account, on the timeline, it was just, it was incredible. It was a, a mass fit of rage. I, I really hope, personally, people don't stop their direct debits. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people not to, because I understand it, right? But, again, being the guy that looks at the bigger picture... It's like we're going to be, we're about to have it passed over to us. Arguably, the foundation needs that money more than ever now. So, again, I totally understand it, right? I totally understand it, especially in this COVID era where we can't go to games. It's one of the few things that you can do to show your frustration and show your anger. I get that, but I'd just personally say, for me, that's a step too far. I'm not going to criticise anybody that does it, but. I would, I would advise people to kind of go, yes, this is fucking terrible, but please look at the future of the club and go, well, that money has been so helpful to keeping us afloat, particularly in COVID times. Please that's, keep. I mean, that's, that's, that's well said, and I, I appreciate the sentiment behind it. But again, I, I, I wouldn't blame some folk if, if they did cancel it. But I'm by not going to blame them. No, uh, but by all means, if, if you're in that... if. <laughs> want to get too deep and political here but if you're in a privileged position then by all means if it makes you happy and you know if you can keep it coming then it is 
might, might not seem like it now, but it is of great benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, just the final thing before we go into the squad. I, I will say this for everything. I For the first time, it's one of the few times I've actually seen Robbie's interview be met with kind of acceptance after the game because the joke and meme that have has come up this season is that whenever we have a bad result, Robbie has excuses. Robbie had no excuses last night. He said that it was unacceptable, embarrassing, uh, we, we need to make changes. He, he was like, we all will take into that account. And he was asked that if he understands why people are calling for his head. And he went, absolutely, it's completely justified. So it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change a single thing. But in fairness to him, he has come out and just been incredibly honest. Is that just because you feel as though he would have been laughed off had they suggested anything? Maybe, such as, yeah, maybe. Such as maybe. the weather, you know, the pitch, um, plane surface... You know, I think he also kind of knackered himself because apparently before the game he said that the pitch was in better condition than any championship team we've faced away this season and the weather was perfect. But, I mean, why? This is this has been a bugbear of mine for as long as I can recall. Why? Why is it always about the playing surface and conditions? It's the same for. I will say teams. that pitch looked class. That pitch did look amazing. I love that stadium. I'd never seen it before. I loved that. Neither did I, and it is a. It does look a class we set up. And to be fair, prior to the game, I thought, what an away day that would have been had we got in the grounds. Thank Christ for COVID, and I never thought I'd usher those words. Good well, Lord. We will now move on to the staff. The playing staff, that is, because, listen, Robbie Nielsen takes the brunt of it. However, I said to you, and I said to other people, genuinely, I would like five of the people that featured last night to stay at the club. I'll be waiting all morning for this. Give me your quintet. Craig Gordon. Well, he didn't even fucking play. Actually, half of them didn't play. I have just realised that. Only two of them featured. That, 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 that doesn't matter. I know, who two, I know who your two are that featured. Who, are, who is my two? The two up top. It is. So it's Craig Gordon, John Souter, Michael Smith, Liam Boyce and Armand Nandwe. I I wouldn't disagree with that, sadly. I mean I'm Everybody else I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine with them leaving. And I know that can't happen. I know that you cannot suddenly go from a score of twenty two to five, right? I understand that. But I'm just making the general point. We go the opposite perfect way. Perfect world. Yeah, no. We, we go from a squad of twenty-two to thirty-nine. Yeah, exactly. But that's the. Those are the five players. I'll maybe put it in this way. Those are the only five players I like. Wow. You said at the start that it's a likable squad after that cup final that we felt together, and you're so right. At the time, it did. Because but it felt it, like we were all singing from the same hymn sheet in a positive yep. sense. Now mm-hmm. it's singing from the same hymn sheet in a negative sense. How can, in a manner of months, we go from feeling as though we're genuinely making strides? It's like one step forward, two steps back. And it's been this way for years. There, um, there was a moment last night that I think really summed up not only the performance, not only the season, but as you say, the last few years. Boyce came on and within two minutes, him and Nandwee, almost as if they were in a boy band having a performance, 
swivelled at the exact same time back to the team and shouted at them to do something. And the midfield in particular, because obviously they're closer, literally just turned their back and just walked back. And you saw Boyce and Nandwe just look at each other. What more do you want me to say? That is just... The body language was so much of it. Joe Skates oh. had a really good point. Or was it Anthony Brown? I can't, so, sorry, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said a point that it was, when we went 1-0 down, we should have been like zombies where we're just ravenous, going ballistic, then going, right, for fuck's sake, how has this happened? Right, come on, let's put five past them by half time and properly be like, that was embarrassing. When in reality, they were like Shaun of the Dead zombies, really slow moving, barely positioned correctly, and didn't look like doing anything at any point. This is the exact point I was trying to make earlier. Why why does Liam Boyce have to come on for us to up the ante? And a capped international player has to come on for us to look like doing something against it. Now, I will say, Boyce was rubbish when he came on, right? Nandri didn't do anything, but, but why, it's why, the goodwill that I have for them. But why not start the two of them up front together? Why are we going one up front away at Brora Rangers? It's just, I will I will say it because obviously now we are just kind of going to start picking apart the individuals. Can the Walker needs to start campaign die right fucking now, please? I was I was part of said campaign. Now it's just like now I now I don't know who I want to see start. Scott yeah. McGill. Well, it's funny you say that because at this current stage. I'm starting to think that there are genuine young lads that want to play for Hearts that could do a better job than some of this current mob. Of course there are. Of course there are. And, and most of them are out on loan. And that's something that I want to pick up on. The genuine want to be here. Because I got tweeted, can't remember your name, and I do sincerely apologise for that, saying about how we need to stop bigging up Andy Irving. And to an extent, I do agree. Because if he doesn't want to sign this deal... Then see you later, mate. Catch you yeah. later. I'm not interested. Yeah. I want players that want to be here and want to give a fan base that has saved their club, wants to see their club. You know, Hearts have underachieved, if we're being frankly honest. Given the size of the fan base, what we have available to us, we have underachieved in terms of winning trophies and challenging for honours. There could be no greater feeling than giving these fans days that they will never forget and to be honest it doesn't well, even seem have. like they no. have given us days that we'll never forget yeah for all negative. the wrong reasons yeah <laughs> exactly and it's like why why would you why would you not be giving it your all to do the opposite you're you're employed by the club to do that honestly that half was... of them should lose their jobs because of that last night that was the, that was the other aspect it was like on that park for 90 minutes was two Hearts fans and two of those Hearts fans looked like two of the worst players Jamie Walker and Andy Irvin and Berra Christoph Berra at the back and Berra who, who was at fault for the first goal I don't give a fuck that he scored I don't know what he's doing at that first goal and it was just it's like but this is the Some other thing again, by the way can I just say 
It was, but like, aye, both their goals were really well taken in fairness. Yeah, of, of course, but but they're our own doing, 100%. Yeah, of course. I, I totally agree with you in that sense, 100%. I thought you meant Berra's finish no, was no. really good. No, no, oh, And I was about to go, it was, was a fucking heater. And it was lucky. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the keeper nearly kept it out, if we're being honest. Um, But, why was Popescu dropped? If we played a back four, why was Popescu dropped? But this is this is something else that we've been trying to say. You know, we want to get Peter Haring up to speed, and we've questioned the centre half pairing at times. Why does it have to take for now for him to start at centre half? Why can we not specify what his best position is? Because we signed him as a centre half. Levine played him at centre mid. So what? And why? Why is it taking this long for him to actually earn a start? I don't want to hear about fitness concerns. We're in the championship and should be better than this. So, who, but what does it matter when we throw him in? And he was he was fucking awful last night as well. He was. That's the worst I've ever seen Big Pete play. He's yeah. he has been a terrible since coming back from that injury. And which of all, at least he has an excuse though. Of course he does. At the very least, he of course has he does. Rather than some of these frauds. I actually saw somebody say that if Andy Halliday was in the middle of the park, we would have been better. Don't know about that, because we think of that. We, think but, of that sentence. But we we create nothing. We're crying it says out so for much. creativity. Sorry, mate. It's no, it's, it's all right. It's, it says so much oh, that literally oh. we spoke about in the last podcast how bad GMS has been, and he was like, he looked like fucking messy on that park in comparison to the rest of our team. He he. Yeah, he was our only threat down the left-hand side. I actually thought he and Eddie White linked up quite nicely at times. You know, White providing the overlap and whatever, but... White ultimate... was, but White overall was fucking terrible. Of course, that. of course. And if we're being honest, it's great. You know, they looked good, but the final product was non-existent. Yeah. For the most part. So what does it matter? I, w- I want to individually call out this individual because... Listen, especially you and me, we've been all for giving players benefit of the doubt regardless of the situation. But see when you sign a player and there is a thread on their fans forum celebrating his leaving. I know, I know who you're referring to. You know it's going to be bad, right? I, on, honestly, genuinely, when you take into account the opposition and the circumstances, I don't think I've ever seen a worse performance in a Hearts jersey than Gervain Castanier last night. Can't disagree. I, I mean, it, it speaks volumes that he gets a half against the Highland League side. And this was a discussion that I had uh, with my pal today, actually. Um, he's supposedly a Dutch under-21, or a previous Dutch under-21 international, played in the Bundesliga for a big club in Kaiserslautern. And yet, here we are. And in maroon and white, he's been absolute shite. That's the best way that I can sum it up. And even then, that's being kind. You know, he talked about wanting to emulate Mark de Vries. <laughs> Don't throw Mark de Vries's name around like that, please. He was my first Hearts hero, and it's, it's embarrassing that he, he even brought that up. You know, these these types of claims as well. Why do players always do this in a Hearts shirt? I, I think uh, uh, the one I can think of right now in my head is Donis Avdiai coming out and saying, I, "There's not a city in which I don't score." Just Apart from Edinburgh let, and Perth. 
Apart from every single one that he played in for Hearts. <laughs> Let your performances do the talking on the park. We even said that in the last podcast. Yeah. It, it, I would be fascinated to listen for an entire afternoon to our podcasts because we're saying the same stuff and the same stuff and the same stuff. Just in slightly different terms and, you know, sort of basing it off the games that we see. But most of it is the same stuff that we've that I've just grown sick and tired of. Stop talking to the press and do your talking on the park, please. Because right now, you should be silent. I think that has been one of the big... I actually saw um, Evan McFarlane, the Morton fan, mention that. How I'm actually just going to check just now, but Hearts have not tweeted since the full that time. happened. Yeah, since the full-time result. So no that, surprise. That, there has been Well, announced some partnership. But not, I not, saw somebody not, say... Not, um, not the one that we want. I think it was Graham. The Pizza Hut one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think... This is the thing. We we are kind of just shouting into the abyss. Right? I've just seen... I've literally just seen... Because I went on Twitter to check if Hearts had said anything. Uh, Hearts Rant just said, Happy to retweet opposing views to ours. And it's this individual called At Opinion Hearts saying, I think Nielsen deserves some respect. It looked like we're going up, which is the job he's been asked to do. Yes, we have been bad, but we're still going to achieve it. It was all happy days when we beat Hibs, but look how the fans turn. Right? Now, and then a lot of people in the responses are saying, last night I was so angry, I was off for sacking him. Trouble is you then have to pay off his contract. Um, blah, blah, blah. And it, a, a lot of people now are kind of saying that. That is very much the discussion that Hearts fans are going to have but at the end of the day it it doesn't matter what we are saying generally right we are just as I say shouting into the abyss angry at this result <sighs> but something needs to happen we, the, like the, the worrying thing for me is that it won't what I mean by something is we either today or in the next couple of days need a statement that Budge is standing by Nielsen or letting or letting him go. We can't yeah. just have it be in silence. No, we need we need clarity. If he's going, tell us. And if he's here to stay, then tell us. If she comes out and defends him, it's going to be a shed load of abuse in in the replies and responses, and quite rightly so. If she comes out and says. We're gonna part ways, or even even if it were to be at the end of the season, we let him see out the season, and then start afresh. A new manager comes in for the Premiership. Cool. I, I just want to know because we cannot sit in silence at a result like this. You have quite rightly said that it is the worst result in our history, amongst a fair few. I'll concede, but this to me is just the total standout, and something has to be said whether we like it or not. And this is a big part of just just a, a bit of bravery and some balls. Show some cojones and let the fans know what's happening. Either way. That's, be- that's got to be better than saying absolute hee-haw and just kidding on and carrying on as though nothing's happened. I, I could not agree more. Um, before we wrap up, it is it's kind of a null and void question, but where do we go from here? <sighs> it's 
what the hell am I meant to respond to that? I know, I know you can't. I know you can't. I know like, it's an awful question. Like I, like I say, the, the season's done. He's done. But he's not. Because he won't leave. I think um, it's very much as, funnily enough, I saw in the press uh, yesterday actually, that John McGinn was speaking about a sliding doors moment in his Hibs career as he was about to go to the MLS, but red tape stopped it. And then he ended up having that season, which got him his move to Aston Villa. And I very much view this as a sliding doors moment for us as well. It, how, sorry, mate, how do you mean? So in the sense of, this is a this is one of the biggest moments in the history of us <clears throat> being Hearts fans. Yeah. In the sense of, if nothing happens, it tells us we're going to have to get used to this feeling. It tells us that next season... We now just need to focus about staying in the league. That's what that that's now the priority next season. That's where we currently are as a club. On the flip side, if we make that change, if we go and get somebody else, but as you say, it again means another massive overhaul. And that's it, the last thing that we need and want. Yep. Absolutely. It seems as though it's just a repeat it's a rinse and repeat of just a culmination of Shite. Um, someone tw- I can't remember. I'm re- we're really sorry that we can't really remember people's names and stuff like that. We're just kind of talking. They'd um, rather they be raw. Let's be honest. Yeah, someone tweeted to this is my story the list of all the players, and we have made ninety seven signings in the Anne Budge era. One transfer window, we signed thirteen, no seventeen players. I think that was the the summer, and to be fair, the summer of the kind of I think it was twenty eighteen nineteen season, where we then went on that run under Levine, and yeah. then lost at Ibrox, and the momentum then obviously faded, and blah blah blah. I, 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 that's the only no, it's, there is no justification for it because ultimately it was a shit season, and that we lost the final and ended up finishing sixth or whatever it was, fifth sixth. Yeah. But it, that at least felt as though there was there was justification for doing so in that time, at the time. All the other transfer windows that we've had mass overhauls, I've never had that same feeling back. No. And that was the other aspect. It was something like a bunch of Robbie sign-ins played last night. It wasn't just all Levine Stendhal's tenure. No, no, and that's it's like it's like the Halliday point that we've said in in recent weeks, and that he's playing them to justify why he signed them. I mean, it, 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 these players are what he's he's brought in and and what we have available. I beg that we're doing some sort of preparation behind the scenes, but we won't be. Of course, we won't be, because no. we don't focus on football. That's the reason why we're here. We're too busy focusing on other stuff, on business-related stuff. I think it was Brian I, Clough when he was asked, sorry, mate, no, when he was it. asked, I, I think back to the Damned United and Brian Clough, played by Michael Sheen, is interviewed. I think Juve knock his derby team out of the European Cup mm-hmm. semi and he's unable to have a decent squad rotation. And he's talking about the facilities that then Sam Longson's making at Derby, he's making strides to improve kind of the hospitality 
And Clough says, or Michael Sheen says, playing as Brian Clough, what would what would working class Derby supporters prefer? Prawn sandwiches or a proper squad? Or something, something along those lines. It's something and, like that, yeah. And to me, it just seems like we're going down a prawn sandwich route as opposed to a proper squad. That was a terrible... Well, a, that was a decent point terribly made. But you know, you know <laughs> no, what I'm absolutely. getting at. As, as I said, a football club is a business like no other. Decisions that you make are, have to be viewed through that footballing lens. And... W- if the football part of it isn't working, nothing else can work. It's not like in a business where if there's one department failing, it's like, all right, okay, we need to focus on that, but everything else is working. The football department is the is the department. If that fails, nothing else can can thrive, can succeed, or anything. You could be having the best minds of business in the world working there, but if the football department isn't working it all breaks down and we've seen that for the last four and a half years at this club closer than the name mate isn't it Hart Midlothian Football Club it's no rocket science we're a football club first and foremost I think we seem to forget that well I think that's probably the best place to leave it on as I say it's a weird length of podcast it's a weird podcast it's episode 37 and a half like we just wanted to talk and we didn't want to wait until next week which of course we will be back next week for some reason because um, we're mugs but yeah, yeah we're, that, that is the thing I, I was saying that last night the only reason I'm watching Hearts this season is because we do this <laughs> I'm sorry mate what I wouldn't be watching it, I know I blame you it's your fault <laughs> um, but yes a massive thank you for listening I will just uh, I would just like to say Ross Gordon Thank you very much for your email into the email um, last night. Uh, it's a very good point, but it's more league focused. So I'm going to bring that up on uh, next week's podcast because I think I think it's a very good point and very interesting. He dissects the season point by point. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you last night for everybody's support on the kind of socials we we really appreciated everybody chatting with us and stuff like that and thank you for the support in general because as we say without you lot this would be so much worse somehow it somehow would be even worse um, and I include all the people that give us abuse as well because it's funny um, but if you do want to give us abuse or if you want to be nice you can get us on everything at Perth to Paisley that is Facebook Instagram Twitter and YouTube Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It is much, much appreciated. Adam, where can they get you on social media? They can get me on social media to see all my heart's vented anger um, at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I am at McIver 22 We will be back next Tuesday. It won't be a Wednesday. So you've even got less time. You'll hear us sooner than you usually do. What a delight. Um, I know, yeah. Thank you very much for all your support. This is easily the lowest point we've had on this podcast. However, surely it can only get better. I'll say, like I always say on every single episode toward the end, keep the faith, mother the JITs!